0: I just want you to know I hate you, and so does my dad.
1: Well, that's fine. Because guess what?
0: I hate you, too. And this house sucks ass. Well, the only reason you're living here is because me and my dad decided that your mom was really hot and maybe we should just both bang her. And we'll put up with the retard in the meantime. Who's the retard? You
1: But y'all don't say that. Shut up. Wake up my dad and get me grounded. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, people. This is effort number two because we've just done this little bit here, but I wasn't recording. It is episode 50 of At Dude and the Monkey podcast, and I am your host, Mark Foster. And as ever, I'm joined by my co-host,
0: Ian Loring, and uh, also my little girl, Lottie. She's on my lap and raring to go. Yes. Looking, looking wide-eyed and wondering what the fuck's going on.
1: Yes, thinking, where's where's that where's that strange voice coming from? Absolutely. Uh, we are, episode 50, it's our half-century Ian. Uh, what just, the fuck? Yeah, we, we just said on the bit that we didn't record, uh, but it kind of kind of took us by surprise. We didn't realise that it was uh, episode 50. Um, but we have an, a, a pretty a, a pretty good show coming up, I'm sure, one I'm very much looking forward to. We're chatting Martin Scorsese's new film, The Wolf of Wall Street. We're going to throw some one old and one new at you. Uh, in lieu of trailer talk, because there hasn't really been any trailers, has there, Ian? Uh, no, um, <laughs> no. Uh, we're gonna. I, I just realised it was just me talking there. I, I, I felt strange. Um, we're gonna uh, chat Oscar uh, nominations um, sort of if there's any surprises in there, who we think should win, who we think will win, uh, etc. And then we're gonna get to our uh, the first episode of our new marathon, which is the Chimino-a-thon. Thank you. Uh, which is Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, uh, Michael Cimino's debut film, uh, which stars Clint Eastwood and Jeff Bridges. Um, we're also going to be answering a couple of the questions that we've had, um, as well as probably having a few tangents, etc. Oh, and we have, we, have, we have noise. She's okay. She's okay. She's just. She's,
0: oh, oh, come on. Come on. Keep, keep it together. Keep yeah. it together. She, she no what is it what are you looking at are you what looking at did? the drive poster are you looking at the drive poster i i, I refuse to
1: believe that ryan gosling could make any baby oh. cry
0: oh and no are we gonna keep going uh, no what are we doing we'll sorry. sorry about this mark Hi, All right, thanks, All right. what is it what is it what do you want what is it Wendy? Wendy pops
1: wind when I pops. think we have win. But well, while the baby has wind, uh, we're going to let you listen to the wonderful trailer for The Wolf of Wall Street, and then we're going to dive straight in.
0: My name is Jordan Belfort. The year I turned 26, I made $49 million, which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week. We're making a name for ourselves. Nobody
1: knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. You know what a fugazi is? No. Oh. Fugazi. It's a uh, fake. Yeah, hey, fugazi. Fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a woozy, It's a fairy dust. Is all this legal? Absolutely not. We were making more money than we knew what to do with.
0: We don't work for you, man. Yeah, my money taped you to your booze. Technically, you do work for me. what's wrong, daddy? But what should you bring home? Oh, my God. FBI, any kind of booze you might want. No, oh,
1: The Bureau forbids us from drinking.
0: Duh. <laughs> so follow me, you could good. <laughs> I'm doing by hunting, I'm out of control. <laughs> but there's nowhere to go. <laughs> No way to slow, if I knew what I knew in the past, I would have been blacked
1: that on your How does this actually work? There's okay. a big money sign. They get launched at the tide, they yeah. stick. This is their gift, okay? They're built to be thrown like a lawn dart. One, two, three. Stop, okay? Safety first, Safety Obviously, is you Safety go. is Got first. It. We okay. don't want to get a bad reputation. i
0: right. and I'm told, and I think I'm possessed. It's a omen, I keep it 300, like the Romans. 300, we the Trojans, baby we Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep going for a second so all yeah, we'll do, yeah yeah
1: yep you just heard the uh, trailer for Martin Scorsese's new film The Wolf of Wall Street which of course stars Leonardo DiCaprio Jonah Hill Margot Robbie Matthew McConaughey Carl Chandler Rob Reiner Jim Jardin and a whole host of kind of people that just crop up for a few minutes and you go oh it's that guy yeah uh, it is the true story to a, a, an extent of Jordan Belfort uh, who was a stock trader in the 80s who ran a pump and dump scheme and made a lot of money and a lot of enemies? Um,
0: Michael, well dive straight in. Ian, um, thoughts on The Wolf of Wall Street? What did I think of The Wolf of Wall Street? I love The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I think it's a film which has an agenda to entertain over an agenda to make you think and i think some reactions have been a bit sniffy about the film because of that uh i don't think it's scorsese's intention to uh be to make a polemic you know but neither was goodfellas or casino really so you know uh i think it's very very entertaining i think dicaprio and the cast in general are fantastic and uh yeah i i really I didn't really have any issues with the film whatsoever. Maybe, maybe I will in talking about it, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, Mark, yourself? Um, well, um, yeah, I mean, talking mean, about this is a, an incredibly, I'd see it as a, an
1: incredibly black comedy. Um, totally. And like any good black comedy, has, um, it, when it's this dark, it, it starts to show you a face of things and a version of things where you actually become to, to, to dislike what you're watching. Not not yeah. dislike the watching of it, but dislike what you're watching. And Scorsese is an absolute mm. master of, of doing this this to you. You know, he did it with Goodfellas. He did it to an extent with Casino. He has a habit of being able to do these things. And <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake
0: <laughs> What is it?
1: What is it? What is it? And uh, what I'll say is, is um, I it, it, like you say, it, it is incredibly entertaining, and I think what we're getting with the film is this isn't as much what happened as much as it's Jordan Belfort's
0: version
1: of what happened. Um, but I mean, the, this, this full morality that seems, and I'll come to what I thought of the film in a second, but I just want to get this this off my chest a little bit. Sure. This full morality bullshit that we're getting with films now is starting to get a little bit irritating. Oh, yeah. This complete of, oh, well, look, it glorifies this, and it glorifies this, and it glorifies that. And then another person picks up on it and goes, oh, I am going to get on that bandwagon because it makes me seem like I'm smart. And they jump on it. And it's one of those things where you say, honestly, really, you think that that, that glorifies it. So you yeah. think that that, that that what they're showing there looks fantastic and it looks great. It looks like the sort of thing where you look at and you go, do you know what? That looks fun. That looks like it'd be a fun night out. That doesn't yeah. look like it'd be a fun five or six years. And what? No. No, quite. And it just seems like it's, one or two people have kind of gone, well, I didn't like this bit of it, kind of like the morality of it. It's like, Seriously, Really? You you think that, that Martin Scorsese, De these people are saying, look how wonderful this bloke was. Look at look at all this money. It, it, it is trying to say the absolute opposite. Of yeah, that. I mean it,
0: it's like it's good. I mean it's fine to laugh at the stuff that's happening on screen, but not once does it make you think, oh, Quaid look fantastic. Mm. Um. So I mean that that off my chest. Um.
1: I without and I've watched Wolf of Wall Street three times now. Um, and wow. I can absolutely say that it is quite simply one of my favourite films of all time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not joking. Uh, it, this is in my top ten films of all time. Be jolly, absolutely. Because wow. I, I watched it the first time and thought, I, I think I'm a little bit in love with that film. So I thought, yeah. I'd better watch it again, because it's not until you've watched the film Three or four times that I think you really get the, you know, and I watched it, you know, twice in 72 hours, and it's a three hour movie.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it,
1: man, that's, it that's feels something. a three hour movie. It, it, it zips by and it's incredibly entertaining, but it, it, it feels like you've been told three hours worth of story. Yeah. And the second time I watched it, at at, not, at one point did I go, did I get bored? Then the third time of watching it, not at one point did I even get up to go to the toilet, get up to get a drink or anything. I just sat down and watched it again and it finished. And I immediately thought, do you know what? If I had another three hours, I could watch that again. Quite happily.
0: Yeah, I would have loved to have um, to have rewatched it. Um, it's been about a week since I've seen it. But, you know, it's actually being able to get through a three-hour film at the moment is... Um, it's difficult. I mean, being able to record a podcast at the moment is difficult. So, and it's it's a kind of a miracle I've been able to watch as many films as I have, but I haven't been able to watch them with quite the um, laser focus that I would like to. Yeah. So, and I, it's like Wolf of Wall Street. I was able to first time round, but I don't think I would in the future. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I, I watched
1: straight afterwards, and and we'll we'll get we'll get more into the meat and bones of it. Um, so, I mean, this is, um, you know, what is it the, the fourth or fifth time that Scorsese and DiCaprio have worked together. Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York, Aviator, yeah. uh, Departed, um, Shot Shut t- It's a fifth time of work together. It
0: um,
1: and, you know, the, the obvious thing was that, and, and Scott says he said it himself, that he's found his new, his new De Niro. Um, yeah. And what we get here is, um, from DiCaprio, is, a, I think, a performance that nobody else could give. And I think when you get a unique performance like that, where you look at it, and you say, "Is there anybody else right now in, in, in cinema that could give you that level of charisma, and uh, but also be able to actually to make a, a fool of himself, and to also to have the, the the confidence to play somebody who is so,
0: you know, beyond." I think back in the day, Pacino might have been able to pull it off. Back in... Right, it, yeah. It, it, so, I mean, like, now, but, I mean, now... But, contemporary-wise, think... totally, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I,
1: I think... Um, and, and I know I'm probably the only person on the planet thinks this. I think if this was made in the early 90s, somebody like Christian Slater could have possibly pulled off this kind of character.
0: Uh, yeah, no, in the early 90s. It, in sure. the early 90s,
1: now, no way. But it, he it is. A performance from, from an actor who is so, so comfortable with, uh, with the director that he's willing to go you know, to those really ridiculous places and to take what essentially is quite a, quite a serious story, but to look at the ridiculousness of the character and to say, right, this is a serious story, but the character is so ridiculous and got away for so long in such ridiculous ways that we've got to go we've got to go to fucking 11 with this yes. and they do go to 11 and at points DiCaprio goes to 11 and there are moments where you're looking at it and you're going this is the, the whole Quaalude scene where it, you know, where he's in the country club and it's the I went to a whole new place I found a new level the cerebral palsy level yeah, yeah, yeah. that was magnificent and the way that Scorsese portrays it where when you're looking at it from, from at DiCaprio, there's maybe like eight steps. But then when you're looking at it from from Belfort's perspective, there's like 20 steps going down. And it's that altering of perception between what you're seeing and what Belfort's seeing. And then there's the whole actual complete altering of perception of he thinks that he's driven all the way back and then it, 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 it comes back and it, you actually see that he hasn't. Yes. It's just... It is just people at the absolute top of their back.
0: So yeah, I mean that that that, that idea of the uh, perception thing, I think it's interesting because it's the one time in the film that you kind of get what Belfort's uh, perce- perceiving and what's actually happening. And it'd be it'd be almost interesting to watch like an alternate version of The Wolf of Wall Street where it was not Belfort's perception, but just what was going on. Because you have to wonder whether he would be as charismatic and have so many fucking like lieutenants, like hanging off his every word and all that. And because, I mean, it's a very, very, uh, subjective interpretation. And that's, that's very, very deliberate. I mean, it is like Henry Hill and in Goodfellas in, in, in that respect, like towards the end of that film, it does kind of feel like you're in his head and it's the same here um, and I mean, I'm not saying that that's that's a problem. That it's Scorsese just doing this all again or whatever. I mean, it it is Scorsese's wheelhouse, but it is a different story. It is different performances, and it, it just it, it 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 just succeeds. Yeah, it, it
1: does. I think it's, it's it's Scorsese kind of going uh, doing something he knows uh, really well. You know, he's already. You know, there's there's a lot of criticism saying, well, you know, it, I don't know criticism uh, as, as such, but I have seen like, a few snipey sort of remarks. People saying, oh yeah, well, it, it's just it's just Goodfellas with you know, but Wall Street, and it's like, well, so <laughs> a yeah. Wall Street a Wall Street version of Goodfellas, clearly, because Scorsese just made it. Is brilliant. You know, it's Scorsese working with characters that are, um, the you know showing the you know these characters in in two lights in the light that you see them you think God that sounds brilliant but then also showing you sort of behind the curtain a little bit and showing you that these guys are just complete fuck ups that just 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 run with it and just get lucky for a certain amount of time that it all just comes crashing down it's also Scorsese again you know kind of getting a few things and I, I think to an extent as much Scorsese as it is DiCaprio uh, driving this well I mean it's it's DiCaprio, I think, who kind of took it to Scorsese and said, "This is what we should make." Yeah, yeah. Because um, it was it was him who he, he entered a DiCaprio into a little bit of a bidding war for the rights to the book with Brad Pitt, I think. Hmm. Um, and sort of saying, "You know, we, we can do this." You know, and it's it's their sort of their way of sort of saying what they want to about the faults in American society to an extent that wealth is so greatly respected and lauded that look how far being wealthy can get you, even if you are a, a very, very um, blue-collar criminal.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um... I mean, that, that I mean, the, the whole kind of DiCaprio bringing in the material, I mean, it's like what he, like De Niro did with Scorsese for Raging, Raging Bull. Bull yeah. he, he, even though, obviously, the circumstances are different. Like, Scorsese's not burnt out or anything like he was Back at the start of the eighties, that's fucked up as well. Because he was burnt out at the start of the eighties, and he's still making films now. It's just, I, I mean, at the level he is, it's yeah, it, you know, it, it's fucking mind blowing, isn't
1: it? I, there, there, there are some um, some shots in this film and some little sequences in this film that are just magnificent. The, the fact that he, he quite deliberately mixes in um, bits of of, sort of the voiceovers work really well. You know, you sometimes voiceovers can be terrible. Because sometimes voiceovers can be essentially just explaining not what's going on, but what just went on. And, and, and a kind of the this annoying voice that's telling stupid people what's just happened. Whereas what you've got here is is you've got him kind of you've got these voiceovers which are explaining the bits you're not seeing of what's going on, or explaining something like for instance when he explains the Qualude. It's very much uh, uh, look. People might not understand what quaaludes are. Let's fucking tell
0: them. The thing is, in that respect, I don't. How else would you actually portray that stuff on screen? You just have really awkward scenes of exposition.
1: Well, exactly. Having, sure.
0: having to force these lines about what quaaludes do into a scene. I mean, what would it be like? DiCaprio and some like Office Junior, and he like gives him some quaaludes for it's the like, first time.
1: Oh, but it, yeah, but the fact that, I mean, that scene is magnificent, the fact that it's, and he goes to start telling you, but then it's the, oh, but wait, uh, my good friend uh, is about to, uh, Donnie Is is about to have an experience, and it, you know, and then you get Jonah Hill just there in slow motion, slamming his shoe down, just repeating Steve Madden over and over again. <laughs> it is it, just, is magnificent, and then it cuts back into the explaining about them, and it, it, these voices work brilliantly, and then you've got that mixed in with with DiCaprio talking directly to you, to the audience, in those great sort of fourth wall breakage.
0: Um, I mean, that, that, and that's the stuff that it you, it dares you to be entertained, mm. and it dares you to feel slightly dirty about how entertained you are by it. And I mean, and, and that that's all entirely on purpose, I think. Like. They are trying to entertain you. They are trying to make a point and, and tell a story of, you know, the rise and fall of this guy. And I mean, let's not forget, I mean, there there is a fall here. It does show that a lot of his shit gets fucked up. And I mean, I think the last scene is, is very, very telling because, you know, it's it's kind of, it, it, it's a mirror of the scene earlier on where they're they're in that bar or that restaurant or whatever, and it's talking about sell me the pen. And, he, you know, he's just around people who get him and he's in his zone, he's in his environment. And by the end, it's a bunch of these people kind of looking up to him and he's got these acolytes. Mm. But they're acolytes that don't really, they, they're not playing in that same field, you know, and like nobody knows how to sell him the pen. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's that. Thing.
1: Incidentally, uh, in an interview, I had, when I had my interview performance for you, they asked that question, the sell me the pen thing. Oh, Christ. in my interview for the first For, for, for you, that the the last question was um, right, can you sell? Yeah, okay. Sell me this pen. And I got asked that question. So once that happened in the film, I burst out laughing because it was just very much like, that happened. It is one of those ridiculous things. That actually happened. And I picked up a box of pens, went over to the window, threw the box of pens out the window, sat back down and went, I mean, if you, held the pen up and went, how many interviews you got today? And he said, I've got another five. so said, right, you need a pen, aren't you? And I made him give me a fiver for the pen. I made him give me the fiver for the pen. Um, and as I was doing that, as I walked out, the area manager came up to me and just went, um, Monday, you starting Monday. Yeah. I said, well, I've got a second interview. And went, not after that, no fucking way. Exact words, no fucking way. And as I walked oh, back so- over, he went, oh, you know that fiver you got? Yeah. Said, yeah. He said, yeah, you can go buy me a new box of pens, please so <laughs> I saw it up and bought a box of pens and came back uh, but yeah so it, it was it was brilliant and you know I mean, you got the little cameo from Jordan Belfort himself in that scene as well oh who is he in it you know the guy who's introducing Jordan Belfort on stage is he Jordan Belfort that's Jordan Belfort yeah. oh that's
0: hilarious that's great
1: um, I mean, that's I mean going away I mean I think DiCaprio is is incredible in this and we'll come to the, the Oscars bit later and what I think about that when we go down to it later but um let's come to the uh other performances in it then uh jonah hill uh, right. jonah hill is now a double nominated actor
0: yeah
1: i mean that is i think he's he's excellent in this I well,
0: mean... and even though that's kind of a shame because it just means his head's going to get even bigger like i don't know like jonah hill he's I, I I love him on screen, off screen. I find him rather abrasive, but he is great here. He is comedic relief without falling into the, the pure caricature of comedic relief, and he holds his own against DiCaprio. Which, and, that, part, and, and, I mean, it just helps that he has such good comic background.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, that's an incredibly clever piece of casting from to, to you know, to cast a a... a, a, a a comedic actor, very much in that role, but not just having solely be there as comic relief. There are a few um, people there, uh, like P. J. Byrne, is he, he, there who played Rugrat. He's just he essentially is just comic relief. Uh, to an extent, kind of challenged is very very similar. Um, whereas Jonah Hill actually, you know, he does some acting in this, and he he gets bits into explaining the uh, his wife being his cousin bit. Amazing. It's uh, brilliant. And the fact that there's no... It's completely straight-faced.
0: Um, and, and isn't he something like, well, I'm not going to let anybody else fuck my cousin. Yeah, and the
1: fact that, that throughout the film, people keep calling him a cousin-fucker. Yeah.
0: Um, it, it's great. And the fact that he does And the fact that there's
1: this underlying but never kind of um, given that he might be gay as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it's never really... No one ever kind of calls him on it.
0: Yeah no yeah 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 it's um well that that's that that's the thing because uh, I don't know he has got the he's got the kind of the gift of the gab and he, he seems to kind of yeah in any other film someone who looks like this would be the butt of all the jokes but he's but he's not he's a, a really genuinely integral part of the story and he is genuinely Jordan's right hand man yeah he's you know? got
1: he's got an aggression towards him. well I mean the fact that he, when he eats the guy's fish. Mm. It, it, it's brilliant and it, it's that he seems to he has that that sharp fuse you know and let's be honest it, it's that peshy like kind of fuse but it's more this is more satirical than, than yeah I mean he's not
0: verses. he's not psychotic no, in this
1: film no he, he's just he's just an arsehole yeah um, and you know I, I think I think he, he's he's very very good and like you say I'm not his biggest off screen, but on screen, um, I think it's really good. I think it's good the fact that he's still doing stuff like um, Jump Street like that. But you could see him becoming a bit of a, a, a for the next few films a Scorsese regular now.
0: Yeah, I don't think. I, I to be honest, I think after Jump Street, I think Jonah Hill might be a little bit right. I'm done with comedy. You think? I, I yeah. I I think so.
1: Yeah. Um... I thought margot Robbie was was very very good um, yeah. as, as her her character it's very much a, a character performance in the fact that she she plays it very very well and she she holds her own you know it really she's, she's relatively new to to hollywood uh, as such I mean she was in and i think actually this is her first American Film, I think, it? She was so, in
0: Neighbours, wasn't she? She Is was right? in
1: Neighbours, yeah, for you know, for sort of three, four years, uh, and she was in I... About Time, I think. Have
0: a look. Which I've not I seen. I need to have a look here. Yeah, she was in About Time, the uh, Richard Curtis movie, which I've not seen. Uh, Donna, Donna Friedman slash Donna. Bra- okay, 2008 to 2011. I didn't watch Neighbours then, so fair
1: mm-hmm. enough. Uh, I thought she she was very good. Um, you know, when she's there simply just to be alluring and kind of eye candy, she works very well at it, she's a very pretty girl, uh, but also as well when she gets to have sort of the the, some, the proper scenes, the scene with the water, where she's throwing the water at her, and Belfort is reacting so fucking aghast at the fact that she's throwing water at him, it, 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 it's,
0: it, it's just great. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and the, the, the thing is, I mean, she does, her character does hold her own. She's not, she's not a dolly bird. She is, and I mean, again, you know, echoing earlier Scorsese, it's a bit Sharon Stone in Casino, where you do kind of think she's just going to be a bit of fluff. Mm. But then she actually has got something to her character.
1: Yeah, but um, we, we, it's definitely this, it is, she's not, She's got a, a kind of a strength to herself and she's not just you get the feeling that, that without Jordan she'd be fine
0: yeah no 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 totally yeah she never feels uh, utterly dependent on him or, or, or anything like that yeah it does, yeah no absolutely it's um yeah I mean it's a good role and I've got to say as well the um the girl who played the first wife who I was racking my brain throughout the entire film thinking who the fuck is she i recognize her and then her name came up in the credits she's the mother in how i met your mother um right. spo- spoiler alert for anyone who's watching how i met your mother i suppose but the, the the whole fucking last season is a spoiler so whatever um well it spoiled my enjoyment anyway but um yeah she's the mother in how i met your mother but i it's a completely different character she actually she kind of impressed me as well i mean it's it's nice I mean, like, there are many, many side actors here who get good stuff to do, even if it's just comic. Yeah, I mean, you know.
1: McConaughey is great. Rob Ryan is magnificent for yeah. the, the, you know, the, the few scenes that he's in.
0: I mean, Favreau's solid. Yeah, Favreau, yeah. Favreau's e- solid. Um, Ethan Supley does good
1: clapping. Ethan, Ethan Supley, the, the great moment with Ethan Supley where he is smashing the baseball bat against the floor, for some reason, just made me happy. Sure. In the same way as Kenneth Chow in the interrogation bit, where he's just yeah. saying, "I can't remember. That. Are you gonna eat that donut? Are you, you gonna eat that Danish?" and he's just eating. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Joanna Lumley fills um, her role. You know, it worked perfectly in her role.
0: I, I, I loved. I yeah, no, she's she's great. And I, that that scene where they're they're talking and they're both wondering whether they're cracking onto each other. That is, <laughs> it, 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 that is fantastic.
1: Yeah, there's, there's so many standout scenes in this film. I, I, I feel like we should kind of start wrapping up because I could literally talk about it all day. Uh, what I'll say is... Um, because we'll talk about it a little bit more when we talk about Oscars bit, but I think a lot of people, and, and I know I said it, it about American Hustle, but it, it does feel a little bit scorsese and a little bit like um, scorsese light. Um and I know the one thing that from people who have problems with American Russell is um, is the the music and how that's kind of put into into Russell. Scorsese, I think, kind of proves the point that that Russell is a little bit heavy. And remember, I liked American Russell. Is a little bit heavy-handed with that because Scorsese. I mean, Scorsese is what is he seventy? Is he seventy now?
0: Scorsese? Yeah. I kind of thought he was older. I, exactly Let all, up, let's though.
1: have a look. Um, he's 71. He'll be 72 this year. So he's 71, okay. 70, 70, 71 when he made this movie. And it is as fresh as anything you will see. You know, in the past 10 years, I would say in the coming 10 years, in the fact that it's just so well crafted and he, he, he doesn't just Silly laws. He tries new things. Did you see the um, the video that was doing the rounds of the of how they did the the CG on it and some of the effects that they put into it of creating no. the landscapes? No, I haven't. Have a look. at it. it's, it's it's incredible of, of how they created like his uh, his house where they had the wedding and all and the prison and all these different bits of how they dropped certain bits in certain places. And you watching that, you thinking you know, Scorsese is doing this, and it's we get a lot of the time with with CG uh, and special effects, we get bogged down on things like you know, creating blockbusters, creating you know Iron Man and creating Pacific Rim, creating monsters and robots and shit like that. And we I miss the fact that occasionally, and Finch is the master at it, um, this, it is how CG is used without us even noticing it's there. And, and that's an amazing thing with this film. And also there's some great shots. There's a shot where they're doing the, the uh, IPO for, um, for the Steve Madden shoes bit and they just start selling and that music starts and the camera sort of slowly pans down uh, like a tracking shot down uh, across the, the floor and yes. then stops yeah. and then it comes back at like twice the speed and it's just, it's these little moments where you get Scorsese and you get him where he goes, I want to do this. I want this to happen and then I want it to pull back and it's those little moments where that separate very good directors and the, the way where he drops the music as well uh, and the, the choice of music it, it's it how you separate very good directors and the greats and for me Scorsese is without question my favorite director of all time, I think there's a strong case to be made that he is the greatest director of all time yeah. um, and I think even people who don't like his movies it would be hard to, to disagree with the case for it being made about that uh, and I just think it's, it's incredible that you've got a guy who is in his 70s and can make a film this fresh, this entertaining uh, that's three hours long and it's It is two hours, 59 minutes and 49 seconds long. Me thinks that maybe Scorsese had final cut to three hours. He didn't. Did he not?
0: No, the distributor, and it was apparently, it was just the US uh, distributor, Paramount, um, kind of basically insisted on a less than three hour cut because they were like, look, we want to be able to play this film three times a day on one screen, come on. You know, help us out um apparent i i might be I, I might be talking completely out of school here but i swear i read that the overseas distributors were like whatever because it's it's distributed by universal over here yeah um because it was it was financed independently by this production company red granite pictures um and yeah i believe it was just paramount really um, even though I think Scorsese has been quoted as basically saying he is happy with this cut he's not pissed off that he had, that he had to cut anything out no, but no. apparently there was an assembly version he was happy with that was four hours
1: yeah I mean he, he's not very much he's not very much one for for going for director's cuts I know, I, I think mm. the only film you could say across his career that I don't think he was, he was happy with what got released um was Gangs of New York, but I think that was more he. You know, he still says he's very proud of that movie, but it, it, his problem, I think, even Scorsese said this himself, was that he couldn't. It was the only film where he couldn't get it to look exactly the way it looked in his head. Sure. And I think that, that to to an extent, um, sort of that did have an impact on the film. Whereas I think this very much is what Scorsese wanted to do, um, and for. For a film that is uh, that is R rated, that is an 18, for it to be, you know, on course to do, you know, it's a hundred million dollar film as well, for it to be on course to, to worldwide pull in in excess of 200 million, I think is is incredible. The fact that the fact that Martin Scorsese nowadays can still release a, a, a an R rated film, an 18 in this country, with Leonardo DiCaprio with Jonah Hill, with Matthew McConaughey with people like that, I think just shows the level of of respect that Scorsese has in the industry.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's, 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 it's lovely. And the thing is all the people coming to work with him and whatnot, it's still deserved. I mean, like you look at Woody Allen and he is still a bit spotty. He's been an awful lot better than he he, in, in like the teens than he was in the noughties, but it, you know, it's still not a sure thing with him, and yet people go that will we'll do flock to work with him. And But then, yeah, and no, I mean, with Scorsese I mean, I I can't think of a film of his that I didn't at least like.
1: Mm.
0: And, and, and um, not a single one. I, out there. I, I'm, I'm literally racking my brain. Yeah,
1: I, there's not a single one out there that I that I don't like, and there are, you know, it's probably into double figures the amount that I. I love.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I mean, in, in terms of like ranking school safety films, it's like futile and exercise as that is. The, the the thing is, it's it's hard for me because I certainly think it's his most straight up entertaining in 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 a good long while. Mm. But I have a personal affection for Hugo, which is mammoth, and I really fucking love shutter island and i love the mixing up of all sorts of old elements to create something new that shutter island is Uh, i i love the throwbackness of that film that i can't decide because it's out of those three what my favorite scorsese of like the last 20 years is yeah yeah or at least since casino say um and I, I, genuinely, I can't pick between them myself.
1: I, 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 it's one of those things. That, I mean, this is, this is probably my favourite Scorsese since, probably since *Raging Bull*. But that, yeah, I still adore *King of Comedy*. I still adore *After Hours*, *Goodfellas*, *Cape Fear*, *Casino*. There isn't, there isn't, you know, the last one. The last Scorsese movie where I merely just kind of liked it rather than loved it was The Age of Innocence. Um, And, you know, really, I'm looking back over it, and there isn't a single one where if somebody said, oh, do you fancy watching this? I'd go,
0: Mm.
1: I'd be like, yeah, fine. On pretty much everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I want to go back and watch Gangs of New York and the Aviator, especially after what you were saying about the Aviator um, uh, on last week's show. I want to go back and, and watch those very shortly. But, I mean, it just... It, it is it is great. And, I mean, it's going to be the most fucking depressing day when Scorsese, A, retires, and B, passes on. I, I, I'll I be honest.
1: I think Scorsese is... Because one of the great things... I, I love about Scorsese, and I said it the other week on the podcast, is... Martin Scorsese loves movies yeah. he, he, he watches movies as well, you can tell he watches movies it's how, he's, how he can still make a movie that feels fresh within it's time um, because he still watches movies and he, he very much is a student of movies and I think that is, is amazing and, and there's, there's been talk where he's kind of suggested, but he's suggested for, for about 20 years that he's maybe got a couple more to go and I think he's one of those guys who, where he's he finishes a movie and he goes, you know, oh God, you know, it, it's not getting any easier doing a movie um, in his 70s. But then once someone gives him an idea or he clicks and he goes, ooh, I like the sound of that, it, it's getting back into that. And he's yeah. very much strikes as that kind of person where it, if he did go, do you know what, I'm retiring, and he gave up work, after sort of three months, he'd be. I am so fucking bored. And he'd mm-hmm. be straight back out there and, and, and at it. You know, yeah. I, and, you know, I I, I hope that, that we get at least another 10 years, another 5, 6, 20 years, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 films out of him. I very much doubt it. I think, you know, the guy's 71. We've probably got 3, 4 movies to come out of him. But if we get some of the 3, 4 Scorsese movies, the chances are we're going to get 3, 4 more fantastic fucking movies. And the fact that, what he looks like making next is going to be the Irishman back with De Niro, it is incredibly exciting. Mm. You know, a Scorsese in this form, and a De Niro who is showing flickers of getting back to being not the De Niro of all, you know, I think that's, that's a long time off, but not the De Niro that we had in the noise.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the Irishman sounds very exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by Silence as well. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, anything Scorsese does, I'm gonna be all over. Obviously.
1: Mm. And as uh, last, like uh, it is uh, as always the um, understated, um, part, sorry, the most underappreciated part of Martin Scorsese's films, uh, Thelma Shuremaker, uh on editing. It, it's just magnificent again.
0: Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. I mean the sheer wealth of material that that, that she has, and yet yeah, it, it's all completely coherent. It's got a real vitality and pep, like a pep to it, which you know really can't be beaten. I mean it is fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic editing. Yeah. Yes, it's it, 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 it's insane. Um, so there we go. Uh, I think are we are we doing Wolf Wall Street? Yeah, man. I mean like one of the most definitely not shits yeah. we've ever had. So. Definitely,
1: definitely not shit. Like I say, um, it, it is in my top ten films of all time, and I think the more I watch it, the more it will go up that list. Nice. Um, right, so we're going to listen to some um, previews of podcasts that we like. Uh, apologies the previews weren't on uh, last week's show in editing. It's because I did it on my work computer, and I didn't have them um, on my work computer. Uh, so they will be there uh, on this show, and then we're in for some one-on-one,
0: It was a childhood corrupted by endless hours of VHS rentals. We're sick to manage it, you'd love it.
1: In his most formative years, he had seen it all. I can handle anything. Action. Karate is not to be used aggressively. But if I have no other choice. Horror. <laughs> and romance. Now, he's decided it's time to go back
0: for just one more adventure. Humans are such an easy prey. Noel Meller presents... You're the problem, you little shit! The
1: Adventures in VHS Podcast. Join me, Noel Meller, as each month I take an in-depth look at one movie from my collection of X rental 80s VHS classics and speak to one or two of the people involved with making them about what the format means to them the adventures in vhs podcast
0: thank you have a nice day
1: download today from itunes by searching for adventures of vhs or visit adventures of are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement i mean the
0: main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters i have ever encountered in any film well you're in luck let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and Art Cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just just getting confirmation. It's just eating, that's the third time though. I mean, I must is this on. You can find us at Chinstroker vs. Punter
1: dot So come and share the victory. If
0: you could any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... (laughs) He looks like somebody who can keep a secret.
1: Hi, I'm Sarah from GorePress.com, and along with my co-host Phil, we present the GorePress Gorecast.
0: But Sarah, what is the GorePress Gorecast?
1: Well, Phil, I'm glad you asked. It's a weekly show in which we review horror movies, discuss our love for the genre, and generally just blunder through, showcasing our startling ineptitude at podcasting. Hello, and welcome to another Oh, for fuck's sake, no, that is not helping! That sounds ridiculously professional. That can't be all we do, can it? It certainly isn't. We also try and talk a little bit about what we've watched recently and selflessly plumb the depths of B-Movie hell so we can inform you, our loyal listeners, about what to
0: watch and what to avoid. Well, that just sounds dandy. Where could I find such a podcast?
1: Well, Phil, you can subscribe to us by searching for the new Press Gorecast in iTunes or you can find us at gorepress.com. so much knowledge about this film okay there was some trailers some trailers some promos some podcasts that we like uh, and we're gonna uh, fire in with some 101 new ian uh do you want to hit us with your 101 new first
0: uh, I'll do my one new because I'm I'm rather pumped to talk about it. So I was going to cover um, late Bell's uh, directorial debut, In A World, um, but I will say there's going to be a written review of that on uh, VOD Zilla um, from me in the next couple of days. Um, uh, it comes out on VOD tomorrow, I believe. And it is uh, a, a very charming and, and very nice film about the world of voiceover artists, which uh, I, I very much recommend. But, I'm going to talk about this other film, which I'm also going to talk about 35 mm heroes this week, just because I want to talk about it. Um, I watched this yesterday and um, it's a film that's been kind of like it, kind of forgotten critically and commercially and with Oscars and whatnot, uh, despite strong pedigree from filmmakers. Uh, it, it, this is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, um, which I came to it a little bit. I'm not too sure about this. I like the trailer, but Cineworld um, did a kind of an extended trailer thing of Walter Mitty uh, with like Ben Stiller introducing it and whatnot that basically added to the, the trailers and adverts of Cineworld by 10 minutes. Like when I, when I went to see Captain Phillips, it was 34 minutes before the film started from start of program to film starting. And it was basically because of this Walter Mitty thing. So and I'd seen it so many times that it it had really put me off the film. Mm. Um, and I'd also been a little bit wary because people were saying that you know it, it is it, it, it very very broad and it completely wears its heart on its sleeve and it's a little bit crashingly obvious with that kind of stuff. And I would say it is, but I was left with the fuzziest. Fucking feeling in my heart by the time that I finished watching the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and I was stunned by it. Wow. And this is for a few reasons. Have you seen this? I've I, not. I, I I'm looking
1: forward to seeing. I wasn't. Uh, uh, it isn't something that really interests me. But the fact that so many people are, are, who you know I who opinions i very much kind of respect uh, have come out and said very similar things to, work to what you are saying so it made me go do you know what yeah i, I i'm actually quite looking forward to this now
0: yeah i mean and th- th- the thing is i mean i can't help but think that if this wasn't a ben stiller pet project that had a bunch of money shoved at it and you know all the backing of fox and whatnot and it, it, it you know, it, like the it, it's almost like this year's Life of Pi, like the it, inspirational, life affirming blah blah blah, and that puts people off, mm. and it put me off as well. But you watch the actual film, and I mean Ben Stiller is not exactly a home run director. Not everything he does is absolute pure gold. No. You know, I mean I, I I have liked the films that he's directed, but yeah, I, you know I don't think any of them are particularly masterpieces. But what he's done here is I think he's pushing himself. And I think he's kind of pushing what you expect from this, this kind of film in terms of the, the, the way that Mitty's inner mind is displayed on screen is a bit of a joy to behold I, and I mean some of it doesn't work quite as well as other things. I mean I mean the, the story for anyone doesn't know. Walter Mitty played by Ben Stiller is this guy who kind of he daydreams a lot he's but he's never really done much with his life and he, he works for Life magazine and um it's the final print issue and uh, a photo by a uh, that a famous photographer played by Sean Penn in a basically kind of a cameo um has uh, kind of sent to be processed has gone missing so uh Walter kind of uh, endeavors to find it with a little bit of a slight promise of kind of love in his heart as well with this kind of like furtive relationship he, he establishes with Kristen Wiggs character and it, it, I mean it's basically about this guy who's done nothing with his life not that he hasn't wanted to but because of various circumstances you find, through, find out through the course of the film and he decides to give it all a go and as the film goes on, his daydreaming—it almost, it's almost as if it kind of seeps into the the, the, the real world. Um, not that like he's having any mental illness or anything, but the the way that the film, um, th- I mean, th- there's a key sequence where he he elects to go get on the um get on this this uh, plane, and the slogan of Life Magazine, it, which has been introduced earlier in the film it is kind of like display it's kind of like there's like tableaus of him kind of like running to places and then getting on the plane and whatnot and then sitting on the plane There's like scrolling tableaus and you see the lines of the, the the motto kind of like in in the space and it it, it kind of the, the way that stuff's kind of bleeding through and then later on he kind of he, he, he daydreams um this really nice daydream of um uh Kristen Wiig's, uh uh uh, uh singing um uh, uh uh ground control to major tom uh, that's not the name of the song though' it's not it? Like. A space Odyssey, of course it is sorry um to to him uh and but he's kind of in a real life setting and then this daydream kind of merges into this real life setting whereas through the course of the uh, through the start of the film these daydreams are basically like Cutting into his real life, and then he kind of wakes up from it it, it just it's interesting how these things kind of blend in i, I mean and visually with all this kind of, all this kind of stuff it, it it's dynamic and i mean the the song choices in the film like Space odyssey are rather broad i mean um the 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 scene I was just uh describing with like the ta- that like the kind of the tableaus and it's his moment of um of kind of realization of yes i'm going to do this what's the song that plays wake up by arcade fire you know which, which is as motivation or an inspiration or a song is you know as you ever want but the thing is it's so fucking heartfelt and it feels like it's made with such genuine intent uh, and warmth that it for me it gets away with it it's not like flight where you know we need a song for uh, we need a song for a, 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 a drug addict. Gimme shelter.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, you know it, it's it's not it's not quite that. Um, but then again, maybe people who know R. K. Fire and know what the song is, maybe it, maybe it kind of is. But it just it it doesn't have a cynical bone in its body at all. Um, and, and yet it, it still does feel modern some of the lines of uh, some of the lines of kind of comedy in it are are fantastic and and they do, they do feel modern but then the the idea of this guy just trying to do something with his life and it's this I mean like his quest to get the photo is quite epic but then it's all really about him basically trying to a star relationship with Kristen Wiig's character and it's not like she's a supermodel or anything like that She's like a, a single mother who works in the accounts department, you know, it, it, it just It works for me really 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 well and I mean, maybe it, it's just that the kind of emotional state I've been in the last few weeks things like this are working on me more perhaps and maybe you'll watch it and be like, what a what a crock of shit. The
1: thing is, I I think it's people can often get a, a little bit snippy about films that are just are just nice and are just uplifting. And yeah. Um, and occasionally, you know, you do want something and something something that, that works. Like I I think it was it was it was quite telling what you said there. Where it's not cynical in any way. Like it's not trying to manipulate. I've not seen the film, but you know occasionally you do want a film to just make you feel nice
0: yeah yeah No, I mean that, that, that that's it I mean like yeah absolutely and it does it does the job and it, it doesn't feel over long it, it's full of great locations great visuals The sa- I mean the soundtrack's great I mean, I mean I keep on saying great I mean the sa- it, it is a really really good soundtrack both score and source music and uh, uh, just by the end I was just like, Yes, that has completely sold me. And it kind of I mean, the, the film's not doing amazingly commercially. I mean, I just looked it up and it's um production budget of ninety million and worldwide so far and it looks like it's opened in quite a few territories, it's done hundred and sixty million. So uh, yeah, it's opened in a shitload of territories. So it's I think it's it's gonna it's gonna lose money. Um, but for yeah, me, it exactly. that,
1: yeah, a big marketing budget as well. It was very heavily.
0: This is what this is one of those ones that needed to make three times its budget to actually make money. I think, mm. uh, and it's it's a real shame because it, it is it, it, it is a film that doesn't get doesn't get made anymore. And if I frankly, I think it should be as much of a crowd pleaser as American Hustle, but because it hasn't got the cool the cool cast, you did know. You like,
1: that if this film had been made maybe ten years ago, it would have done a lot better.
0: It would have been fucking huge. If this was made in the early noughties, this film would have been fucking huge. Because
1: Stiller's, you know I have no problem with with, with Ben Stiller. Uh, <laughs> I I it, it very much he I don't rush out to see his films, but I don't dislike the films that he's in. Um, but He's he, he's not the the draw that he was sort of five ten years ago.
0: No, I mean he's he's totally not. And, and and the thing is, though, he he is just trying to push himself here, and he's trying to push what people expect of him. And I think he does a great job. I mean, it does. I, said, I mean, I said about the length earlier on, and it, it, it's good. I mean, it does take a little bit long to get going, and adam scott's character you get what his deal is there's about a scene too much of his character early on and when you are kind of wanting walter to get on with this journey that does hurt the film slightly uh also it's depiction of web support people is uh, uh and it, it, it is broken and to be honest e if that site had that problem that Ben Stiller's character calls about at the beginning, that site's broken. <laughs> I, I work in web support. All I do is I ask someone for their fucking, what's your user ID? What's your memorable date? What was the name of the first boy or girl that you kissed? You answered them, right, here's your password. Does it work? Thank you very much. Have a good day. Here, it's, right, well, let's fill out your profile a bit. And it, it it's a bit like, well... All right. If it was the fact that his profile wasn't filled in that was causing this error. How the hell have you made this site able to not have a profile like you click submit for the profile initially? Why doesn't it just say you can't not have a profile? Mm-hmm. It's a broken site. But the thing is, when my major problem with Walter Mitty <laughs> is the betrayal <laughs> of eHarmony's web support, I think you're on to a winner. Yeah. So Secret Life of Walter Mitty, give it a chance. Just know what it is going in, and don't be afraid to feel warm and fuzzy.
1: I, I do you know what? I've got my missus uh, Becky has gone on has gone on a training course with so work, nice. so yeah. she's away for the next uh, week. She won't come back till Friday, and I work Friday night. Um, and um, because because of of where I live and where Isabel's school is and Becky's parents. Um, I like two minutes away from Isabel's school, and I'm like half an hour away from it. Um, Isabel's staying there for sort of like the next four days. Yeah. So and I, by the way, I will see my daughter as well. I because I'll see her most days anyway. Um. So she's staying there. So essentially, I'm on my own with my cats for like the next week nearly. Uh. I thought then when you started saying that, I thought, do you know what? I could watch that tonight. I could do it feeling light and warm and fuzzy tonight. So I think I might it watch that work. tonight. Um, cool. I, well, I'm really glad you, that, you, that you enjoyed that. It's always nice when you enjoy
0: a movie. I, seriously, man, I'm having a pretty fucking good 2013 so far in, in, in terms of films. I mean, like, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not in, doing I mean, in terms of In terms of, like, new releases... I mean, I'm, I'm doing great. I mean, like, the, the only one that's really disappointed me was Out of the Furnace, which I, I think I talked about. <sighs> Pardon me, I think I talked about last week. But the, the rest of the time, the, the new releases I've been watching have been all right. I mean, fuck, I even thought Las Vegas was fun.
1: I, I, I've i got half an hour of Las Vegas left. And I was about to say, I, you know, it, uh, uh, there are points in it where you go, oh, really? But
0: overall, I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's fun. <laughs> Has Kevin Klein had the encounter with the girl yet? The girl or
1: the girl that's actually not a girl? No, the girl. Okay. No, I don't, I don't think I've
0: got that. Yeah, that that scene. There's this scene in Las Vegas that goes through all the predi- all the, the things you expect it to, but then there's a line that Kevin Klein has at the end, which is, it's broad and crass, but is fucking brilliant, and it just it's almost. Brilliant, just because Kevin Klein says it. But, uh, so I'll leave you to discover that.
1: Yes, I, I, I'll admit I, I'm really enjoying Las Vegas so far. It, it, nice. It's fun. Uh, right, I'll, I'll hit you with my uh, one new, which isn't actually a new film. Uh, it's a, a film from 1986, uh, directed by Mike Marvin. Yep, no, no one will know what he's done. He's done fuck all else. Uh, it, you might have seen this actually. It's The Raid.
0: Have you the seen... Wraith. I haven't seen it, but I know what. it is. Yes,
1: uh, with Charlie Sheen, Sherilyn Fenn, uh, Nick Kasvetis, and uh, Randy Quaid. Um, story of The of the Wraith, uh, just kind of quickly, because there's not a lot of stories to it, uh, it's kind of like an action you know, horror kind of film. Uh, it's uh, Nick Casavetes, uh, uh, who I think people will recognise more as the director of things like uh, Notebook and Alpha Dog, uh, more than uh, as a screen presence. He plays a character called Packard Walsh, uh, who is a member, well, the leader of a gang who kind of steal people's cars by intimidating them into racing them for said car. Uh, The other people in his uh, gang are called uh, Rughead, Skank, Gutterboy, Oggy and Minty.
0: Oggy and Minty. Oggy
1: and Minty, right. Nice. Um, And what you've got is uh, Charlie Sheen's character just happens to come upon this new town uh, and he takes a shine to Kerry Johnson, played by Sharon Fenn, who happens to be Packard's girl. Um, She doesn't really want to be Packard's girl. Packard's kind of told her that she's his girl, despite the fact that she clearly doesn't like him and is terrified of him. Like everybody else in the town appears to be terrified of him, with the exception of the sheriff, which is played by Randy Quaid, uh, instantly called Sheriff Loomis. Um, nice. A bit of a nod there, I think. Um, what we've got from uh, Charlie Sheen's character is uh, it is in the uh, most obvious way Charlie Sheen's character is a wraith uh, who drives a Dodge um, Turbo Interceptor and uh, starts picking off members of Packard the gang because it's, um, like I say, within minutes you work out that he is actually the kind of reincarnation of Kerry's ex-boyfriend that the gang murdered uh, because he got a little bit too close to Kerry. That's that's about it. That's not the story. Uh, And it is... It is 93 minutes of proper 80s ridiculous entertainment. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's one of those where you can kind of stick it on um, and just let it wash over you. Pay you know enough attention to it so you can actually see the screen, but it's it is just entertainment. It's stupid, but the car chases are great. There's some great proper cars crashing bits. Um, and Sherilyn Fenn looks incredible in it, as she always does. Uh, nice. of course she was Audrey in Twin Peaks. Um, I'm not going to say that much more on it because you know we spent a lot of time talking about Wolf of Wall Street. But the race um, on Netflix UK, uh, if you're ever, Oh is it? Yeah, okay. If you ever stuck with an hour and a half where you go you know what? It, do you know what it is. It, it's either a great midweek night film, or a great you've got a day off and you've got a couple of hours to kill, and it's 11 o'clock in the morning. It's that oh. kind of film. Uh, you know, a big recommend. Uh, you're either go to watch it and go, people either watch it and say that was that was terrible, or they'll watch it and go, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, I can see it. <laughs>
0: Nice. Go on, then, Ian. Uh, What is your one old? My one old? um, Only one old watch this week. Also on Netflix UK, funnily enough. um, Which, uh, actually, I would just say as well, I've been watching Netflix for some reason, even though I have a WDTV box. I've been watching Netflix through my Virgin Media box. And uh, the Virgin Media app needs some fucking serious work. Uh, Crashes, takes... Fucking ages to load it, it, um it, does it does it look like crap as well I think I think, no it it looks HD. d i don't know it, not the, the
1: quality but the, the app itself is it like a really in comparison to the p s three one is it like a really basic menu
0: no it's uh, pretty much the same menu is
1: it the menu on the uh on um the smart box is terrible oh
0: uh, really
1: oh it's a nightmare.
0: Sorry, I'll just be a sec. Donna was trying to give Lottie to me, but it's not working. Oh, Don, I'm sorry. It's you as soon as she goes in Donna's arms she's fine. She's not fine. Alright, Don, sorry. You're just gonna walk her about a bit. Oh blimey. Um yeah, no, it's 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 fine to be honest. I mean, it, it, um, the the menu looks exactly the same. It's just slow and, like I say, it crashes all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, the film I watched is uh, Wayne's World.
1: Oh, I saw that seven times at the cinema.
0: Jesus, really? Yeah. Fly yeah. Blimey. Really? Um, wow, that's crazy. Um, okay, so uh, bloody hell. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say about Wayne's World either. I mean, it had been at least a decade since I'd seen it. Um, And it was just, um, it was on a night where I hadn't had as much sleep as I would have liked the night before. So I wanted something easy, um, which which is happening a lot. Well, I mean, in terms of just wanting something easy is happening a a, a lot lately. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's still very, 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 very entertaining, and I mean, I think it still makes some actually pretty good points. I mean, that, the scene with the product placement is
1: it still feels
0: fresh. It's still, yeah, it genuinely does still still feel fresh, which is which is depressing. Um, I mean, the wanting to kind of create slogans and catchphrases, which it did, in fairness, uh, does it, it, it is kind of they all over the place, even though I suppose they probably introduced them during the SNL sk- uh, skits as well, yeah. like the knot and swing and whatnot. I imagine they did, um, and I like how kind of scattergun it is as well. The um, the kind of the, the fourth wall breaking in it and the kind of the multiple endings. Hmm. Uh, it, it 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 kind of feels slightly ahead of its time in in its way there, um, and I mean it certainly does feel from the same mind as as austin powers as well um it's obviously two completely different things but the um you know the break in the fourth wall the 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 likeable kind of character kind of almost talking to the screen at times um just the the general kind of warm affectionate comedy that you don't really get as much these days um but along with you know a really really solid score Sia Carrera does her job very well, um, and I mean, just the the supporting cast are great. I mean, um, uh, Ed O'Neill is fantastic in the in the brief stuff that he gets. The um, yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, if you kill a man in the uh, it, 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 in a war, you're called a hero, but if you call, if you kill him in the heat of passion, it's a crime. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's wonderful. Um, so yeah, um, I, Wayne's World. I mean. Like, like, I, it, it's Wayne's World. There's not too much to really say, but um, it's in HD and um, uh, Adobe Digital 5.1 on Netflix. And I, you know, I recommend it. Um, it, it certainly has dated. Um, but then, I mean, it never really. It didn't even feel like at the time that it was aiming for like a young teen hip audience or anything like that. It, it, it just. It feels all inclusive in, in its comedy, despite the, the kind of the, the, the setting and the characters. And I, I you know, that, that's a that's a good thing. I mean, Mike Myers does do that. I mean, I think The Love Guru was a massive fucking misstep, but um, I'd like to see him get another crack at it, to be honest. But
1: yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah, because he did he he has done you know some great comedic work. You know this and the first off about is, is a great movie you know I think the problem was is that they made another two after that you know even Wayne's World 2 it isn't you know it isn't a patch on the first one certainly mm-hmm.
0: but yeah yeah no so I don't know I want to rewatch Wayne's World 2 because again it's been a while it's Christopher Walken in there isn't it yeah it, it, it's still good, but it, it, it's
1: not it, it, it like you said the scattergun approach is still there but less of them, you know, hit the target certainly. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, let's finish up with your one old, but my one old. Um, again, not going to spend ages on it, um, but it, it's a funny one. I watched. Um, I'm at the, at the moment. I'm getting to watch things um, on a morning and then continue them while I'm at work, so I can have them kind of like. As i there's a lot of stuff I, I can do at work where I don't have to pay attention to what I'm doing. I can pay attention to something else sure. while I'm doing something else. So a lot of the time, I can have a film on in the background. Um, and so I'm picking stuff from Netflix, but I've got to pick carefully because I don't end up pausing somewhere on screen and there to be boobs or a, you know, a corpse or something like that. Yeah, gotcha. uh, and I also don't want to watch anything that I think is going to be too good that's going to make me get pissed off every time the phone rings. So um, I decided to give... Um, Ron Howard's 2009 Angels and Demons, another go. Um, okay. Because I watched it and I kind of, it came up on Netflix and I thought, looked at it and thought, I kind of remember not hating that. Like, you know, not not liking it, but not disliking it as, as such. Um, and, you know, I, I, I like films, you know, I like mystery films things like that. Um, and then for watching it the second time, I was hit by this thing of, It's actually a a, a pretty terrible (laughs) film. In the case that it's you know, know, when I was one of those people who, he's one of the good guys. um, But it's pretty badly directed. Um, It's a pretty shonky story in in terms of, and i read the book, and the book is is trashy. You know, it's like the Da Vinci It's trashy or, you know, Holiday Beach by the pool Reader. You know, there's it's nowhere near as intelligent as it thinks it is, uh, but it's you know it's, it does have intelligence within it to an sure. extent, and that's what this film is. Except it's pretty dumb at points. Some of the things the characters do, you kind of watch well, it going, surely you just you know you just call somebody, or you just do this, or you just do this, and there's an awful lot of that within this film. Where you kind of going? Why is he doing that? And there's you know there's there's all these kind of things that are going on within it. But at the end of it, I was still hit by this by this wave of that film is terrible. There are so many issues with it. You know, I've just explained, not to mention Hugh McGregor's really weird performance in it. Yeah. Um, but at the end of it, I was still very much going but you know what, I actually kind of enjoyed it though, again, and it's the sort of film where, I, you know, I watched it sort of four years, four or five years ago now, and I probably won't watch it for another four or five years, but then I'll, again, I'll probably be sat there, looking at Netflix, going, how was that any, uh, ah, fuck it, why not, I'll give it another go, and I'll end up watching it again, and I'll get halfway through it again, going,
0: it's a terrible movie there's no fucking way you'd catch me watching angels and demons again but 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 again like I say I, I did get
1: something kind of entertainment out of it some bizarre weirdness out of it I think partially because the idea of the ideal and the kind of the secret society of the eliminaity is something that, that interests me and this gives you a very very glazed look at it. Uh, and also the idea of uh, of the vaticans and the vatican vaults that interests me and I I think I'd like to spend more time in those worlds so I think that's something that needs exploring again and the whole catholicism is exactly what it's you know what it it, it pretends to be that interests me I think those are the bits that interest me and the rest of it is just shit Um, so I think that's why I gravitated back towards it but it is essentially a terrible movie, isn't
0: it? Uh, yes. <laughs> I've, got, I've got nothing to say about it. I Demons, know so I was
1: just duped into it again. But also, it made me go, after I finished watching it, I thought, is the Da Vinci Code as shit as this?
0: Yes, now, it I is. I know it's
1: been really shit, but was it as shit as this? I'm going to have to watch it again soon and work out if it was as shit as this was. So at some point in the future I'll watch Da Vinci Code. But I, and I know that I'll finish that and go,
0: God, that's a shit now.
1: <laughs> so there we go, Angels and Demons. It is as exactly as shit as you think it is.
0: <laughs>
1: right, um Are we gonna do Oscar talk and then we'll do Thunderbolt and Lightfoot? Sure. Right, go on then. So we're not gonna play you anything because there's nothing to play in regard to Oscars. So, um should we go through um well, well should we just go through an um, award? Uh, I've got I've got the the nominees uh listed in front of me. Um should so
0: we to go through we'll start best picture and just run through the the big awards we'll say. I'm uh, just going to I'm just going to check on Donna just to say Yeah, all, all awesome. right. So, so I'll be back in a sec. Oh, do you reckon half an hour is enough time, Buzz? Yeah, yeah.
1: But we're not. I'm we're not, we're not gonna do loads on the Oscars. Which we're just gonna quickly whip through it. I think half an hour'll be easy. I mean, if you want to go and want to do another sort of half
0: an hour, forty minutes tomorrow, that's fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, no, it's genuinely, it's okay. It's just um, uh, like I think Donna needs to kind of get on with some stuff and have a bit of time. So I'm yeah, just gonna yeah, no, half an hour. We can, we can, yeah, easy. No worries. Okay, cool. cool. So um, right, okay. What do you want to start with then?
1: Cool. Uh, right. Well, um, we might as well start at, at Best Picture, as soon as it's the first award oh, I've got in front of me, to be honest. Sure. Um, so the nominees: American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, uh, Nebraska, Philomena, Twelve Years Slave, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I thought the way we do this quickly is just coming up on the top of three because We'll talk quite quite a bit over the next sort of few shows, I would think. Yeah. Uh, is to just say if it's what you think will win. Mm-hmm. what you'd like to win out of the ones that nominated and if there's anything that you were surprised was either in it or left off it
0: okay uh well i mean with best picture i um i think the the thing is the the way that the like best picture is um it is calculated is a preferential ballot yeah. so it basically something could get a load of one uh, number ones, but then get a load of number tens or number nines even as well. Mm. And then, and then, but then something that gets a lot of twos or threes would actually win because it's the consensus. And I think under that rubric, I think that American hustle is going to win. Um, Cause I don't think there's going to be many people's top picks, yeah. but I think it will be a lot of two, three fours. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, like in the nicest possible way, I think Philomena, Philomena uh, Dallas Buyers Club, her, Wolf of Wall Street, you can discount pretty much straight away. I think, um, I think you can
1: discount Wolf for the subject of the fact that it, it's an 18.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just like and apparently at some academy screening, people were like booing and like like shouting at the screen and stuff. So it just it's not for that audience, you know, Um, really. Um, So that leaves what Gravity, American Hustle, Twelve Years a Slave, Captain Phillips, Captain Phillips,
1: and Gravity. You said Gravity
0: and and Gravity, yeah. So I think you can discount Captain Phillips because it didn't get Best Director. Yeah. Um, You know, so it's. For me, I think it's, ac- it's kind of academic, really. Um, so, yeah, 12 Years a Slave, I just don't think it's going to get... A- it- it's going to get enough of a consensus it's pick. It's too raw. Yeah. Um, I think Gravity, they're not going to give it Best Picture because it's, you know, it's sci-fi and also I don't think it's going to be... I-, I-, I think that a lot of people might actually see Gravity as being a lesser film than a lot of those nominees, and frankly, I would too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just... I think it's going to be American Hustle. Um, what I'm surprised didn't get in there um, would be Inside Lewin Davis. Um, which, uh, you know, it, it just it, it just because of the, the the word that there has been for it, even though it does kind of seem like a film that film critics seem to like and general audiences and the Academy it seems seem to be fairly apathetic towards. Which
1: can often happen with Collins, to be honest. Yeah, Less yeah. sort of the
0: academy over the past few films,
1: but it can often be that, that critically, Coen Brothers films, you know, play very well, but then actually they, they end up not doing so well.
0: Even though, I mean, A Serious Man got nominated for Best Picture, so it, it, you know, but, uh, I, but I, I I I see what you mean there. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, that would be Best Picture.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. I think I think also will will win. Um,
0: Oh, what would
1: I want to win? Well, yeah, well, no, I, I, no, I'm just saying, I, I agree. I think, I think also that that's what I think will win.
0: Yeah, I, no, absolutely. It's just I remember you said about what what would I want to win, and I oh, yeah. didn't actually say. Um, it's just I just I I barely even consider it, but I would probably say her um but it's it's kind of so in the back of my mind just because i just don't it's not got a fucking snowball chance in hell of winning mm. that i don't even really think of it so it's not like if gravity or american hustle do win i don't think i'm going to be pissed off about it really because uh, my oh. the horse i'd be backing in that race i'm just glad is even in there yeah
1: I mean, it's obvious what I would like to win, but it's it Wall Street. But it's never going to win it. So. Yeah,
0: and I, again, I'm, I'm very happy that Wolf of Wall Street is in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy it is because it, it shows that you know the the, the way these ones shouldn't broken. I mean, I am not these Oscar haters. I, I but I, I definitely count them as they're just a bit of fun. Totally. Um, yeah.
0: No, I, yeah.
1: Right. Actor. Uh, I'm just writing these down in in the order I've got the in. It's in no preference to anything. Um, Christian Bale from American Hustle, Bruce Dern for Nebraska, Leandro DiCaprio for the Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Stuart Allegio for Twelve Years Slave, and Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. Who will win? Who do you want to win? And has anybody even missed up there?
0: Will win McConaughey. Yeah, Mark, um, I, I Again, I think it will. Uh, and I haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club, but like, the momentum seems to be with him at the moment. I think the twelve years of slave momentum came and went. Yeah. And um yeah, I just don't see it. Uh, who would I want to win? Um, probably Ejiofer, to be honest. But again, I'm unless I hate Dallas Buyers Club, I don't think I'm going to be particularly aggrieved about it. Um, uh, even though I said her for Best Picture, I'm not that bothered about Joaquin Phoenix not being in there for Best Actor. He wouldn't want to be in
1: there.
0: No, and, and he wouldn't want to be in there anyway, so who gives a fuck? Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, um, I I would like to say something, but I'd better not because it would kind of reveal something. So I'm not going to. Uh, About inside Lewin Davis. Ah. Uh, I'll just say something.
1: Because what I'll say there is, um, I I think McConaughey will get it, um, but uh, what I think, yeah, I think I think um, I think McConaughey will get it. I'd like DiCaprio to get it because I think he's an incredible performance, but um, you know I I, I think DiCaprio. You know, he's, he's, he's he's what, 39 years old. I know he's only, like, five years younger than McConaughey, uh, but you get the feeling, though, that, that McConaughey, over the past three, four years, has been building at this, and he really deserves yeah. it. Um, DiCaprio, you know, he'll get one at some point um, for something. Whether or not it'll be something as good as Wall Street, I don't know, but you get the feeling he really will get one. Matthew McConaughey probably will get way to the game, but you know this was clearly a very a very personal project for him, and he and he went a long way to get it and to get it made, and you know put himself through a fucking lot for it as well. So,
0: no, totally. I'm I, I'm I'm looking forward to Dallas Buyers Club. I must say. Um, I mean, I, I I will say, um, I'm surprised Oscar Isaac isn't in there. Um. Again, just because of word about inside Llewyn Davis, but um, beyond that, I don't think there are really any. I mean, uh, Tom, Tom. I mean, Tom. Tom Hanks. I'm surprised. I'm very, very surprised. Isn't actually in the running. Do you think uh, you that was a stunner.
1: He, do you think he forgot he was in those films, or do you think it was that the vote was maybe a little bit split between um, Saving Mr. Banks and Captain Phillips that he ended up getting uh, neither.
0: The thing is, Mr. Banks, he'd be getting supporting. Uh oh, even, yeah. Um, even though like he's not actually in Saving Mr. Banks as much as he as much as you'd think either. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 weird. It, it, Captain Phillips just seems to have not quite. I mean, okay, it got best pitch. It, you know, it got best picture, but I mean, we'll move. We'll go to director at some point. But I'm kind of surprised about Green Grass there as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I. I need to see Dallas Buyers Club, but Jules el is great. I mean, the thing is that all, the, all four of them that I've actually seen are pretty great. I mean, Christian Bale, American Hustle, that's, that's... How he gets a nomination and how Tom Hanks doesn't, I think says an awful lot about the Academy's mindset and is another further reason why I think Hustle will get Best Picture.
1: That is one that I'd swap out to do. I, 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 I'm a big Bale fan. I don't think that was his best work at all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, um Actress, uh, Amy Adams for American Hustle, Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine, uh, Bullock for Gravity, Judy Dench for Nina, uh, and Meryl Streep Token one for whatever the fuck she's in this year. Um I must say I'm actually kind of looking forward to August Osage County because of who wrote it, not because it looks a good very.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Um, I haven't seen Augusto, Siege County, and I haven't seen Philomena. Uh, it will be Cape Blanchett. Yeah. For me, out of those three, it should be Cape Blanchett. I,
1: I'm not, I not simply, I mean, yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of authoritative you know, because of how much you liked it. Um, but from all what you hear, it, 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 it's it, it's nailed on that one.
0: Yeah, I, I I think that's as safe a bet as you're going to get out of the big categories this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting role? Yeah. Um, Back at um, Avonlea uh, for um Quantum Phillips, Quantum Phillips uh, Bradley Cooper for American Hustle, Jonah Hill for The Wolf Wall Street, Fassbender for 12 Years Slave, and Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club.
0: I reckon Jared Leto is going to get it Paris because he's getting all the heat. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Dallas Buyers Clubs like I said, so I don't know. But um out of those ones, Michael F. Fassbender.
1: Yeah, Fassbender is who I think should get it. I think Leto will get it. Because, like you say, he's getting all the heat. And also, he's, he's in drag it. And they makes to like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, best performance by an actress in a supporting role. Sally Hawkins in Blue Jasmine. Uh, Julia Footface in August. Osage County. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o for uh, 12 Years Slave. Jennifer Lawrence for Some American Hustle. And June Squibb for Nebraska.
0: Yeah, that was a fun nomination. That was um, a
1: fucking strange one.
0: The thing is, I think Lawrence is going to get it. I Because the, the, the Academy's all over her. I think they
1: are, but I think that will be the award that 12 Slave gets.
0: I think, yeah, that's... I think that's fair. I think if... Because, like, Supporting Actress is one of the, like, first of the night awards, usually. And I think if Lawrence wins that, then... Hustle's got everything. Hustle could get an awful lot, which is fucking weird. But, um, yeah, I... I think Lawrence is going to get it, but Lupita, Nyong- uh, Lupita Nyong'o should get it, for sure. Yeah, I I, I, I think that's the Again, one... Again, but I haven't seen August Sage County. So. I think that's
1: the one that, that, that 12 Years Slave will get. I think she'll pick up that one. Um, directing. Um, Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity, Steve McQueen for 12 Years Slave, David Russell for American Hustle, Mike Scorsese for Wall Street, and Dalda Payne for Nebraska.
0: Quaron uh, will get it yeah, that's going to be Gravity's award yeah. um, I'm kind of tempted to say that in a way I think Cuaron actually deserves it yeah I'd say he does yes. it, yeah it was that that film technically is such a fucking accomplishment that it's kind of insane that he was able to marshal it all together um, so I'm you know I think that's I think that's absolutely Fair to be honest. I mean, I don't begrudge a single one of those, apart from probably David O. Russell. And I mean, I, I did very much like American Hustle. It's just it it,
1: it it's it, it, it's a little bit sloppy in places. I, yeah, I, I, I really liked American Hustle. I just it it's not
0: this good. <laughs> it's, it's 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 not ten nominations or however many <laughs> it's got. Good. No, yeah. that's that's the thing with American Hustle. It's it yeah um, uh, best writing um,
1: written down for the screen American Hustle Blue Jasmine her Nebraska and Dallas Buyers Club uh, I I think I I think Hustle get this as well
0: but um, I I've, I've not seen two of them what
1: what were those nominations
0: American Hustle her
1: Blue Jasmine Nebraska Blue Jasmine. And Dallas Buyers Club.
0: I'd like to see her get it. Um, it won't. Unless that's the one award that... Because with screenplay, they tend to be a little bit hipper, as if it's like the... Yeah. We're still in touch yeah. with all you young whippersnappers. I
1: could, I could see... Um, I could see her getting that, actually, yeah.
0: Um, then again, I could see Blue Jasmine getting it. I don't see Dallas Buyers Club getting it, because that kind of does seem more a performance film. Um... What was the other one? Nebraska. Yeah. Nebraska
1: could get it though. I I I, I just don't think it. Well, I I think I think they'll go. But Hussle or her, I think could get it. I'd like I'd I'd like to think her uh,
0: would get it. Yeah. So. Um,
1: best writing. will this last one we'll do. Best writing, screenplay, based on material pre produced or published before midnight. Captain Phillips, Twelve Years Slave, of Wall Street and Philomena.
0: I'd be all over before midnight. Getting this. I'd love I think... to get a fucking to get an Oscar. I could
1: see that happening.
0: I could see that happening as well, because, just in in terms of what I was just saying about them trying to show that they're in touch with the younger set.
1: And, and as, as as well, like uh, it is somebody who's been around for you know two decades now. And for the type of films he makes, that's it. He ain't gonna get nominated again. Mm. So I I could see that. Um, so that was our quick kind of go over the. Uh, do you want to do best foreign language film as well? Uh, yeah, sure. What the Broken numbers? Circle Breakdown, Missing Picture, The Hunt, The Great Beauty on Omar.
0: Yeah, The Hunt won't get it just no. because that film's fucking intense and really, really depressing. Um,
1: the Great Beauty, can you
0: I'd like to think The Great Beauty would get it, but then again, I've only seen two of those, so...
1: Yeah. Um, so, fuck it, we'll do cinematography as well. That's the last one we'll do. Okay. <laughs> uh, sure. Gravity, Inside Will and Davis, Nebraska Prisoners, and
0: Grandmaster. Uh, Grandmaster's a cool nominee. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but like, like I just wasn't that that's interesting, that is. Um It's strange
1: uh, how how only
0: two of those films are
1: nominated Best Picture. Hmm.
0: I could see inside Lewin Davis getting
1: it. I could see inside Lewin Davis or all prisoners getting it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, Roger De Deak- Roger Deakins getting getting an Academy Award after all his nominations for Prisoners seems a bit. Uh, I but I mean, that, that cinematography does evoke a mood. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be fair, I suppose.
1: Right. Uh, not to belittle any of the rewards, but we you know we 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 do have we, we do have a commitment to get to know Yeah. Sorry. No, that's not a problem at all. Because uh, we we talk of bridge. Right. So we're gonna play a trailer from um, the debutant. Chimin
0: Mar- oh, fucking, say it. What? What's it called? Oh, uh Chimo- Chimino Chiminoathon. I will remember that. Chiminoathon. Uh I don't know
1: why I have trouble with remembering what our marathons are called. <laughs> uh Thunderbolt and Lightfoot Let each of us study to approve ourselves.
0: we
1: had we're good together you're ten years too late you stick with me kid you're gonna live forever
0: brought back some extra goodies are you out of your mind?
1: You want to talk or you want to play games?
0: Why not do it again? What's he mouthing off about now? Montana Armour. We hit the same place, the same way. There it is. That's it? 20-millimeter cannon with armor-piercing shells. At exactly 10.30, Goody, you're going to drop Lightfoot off in the alley behind the Liberty Lounge. The window's already been fixed, so you can just climb right in there and change your clothes. At 11.30, you get to the telegraph office. and You got to get in there before 11.35, because that's when the alarm goes off. You just keep quiet nobody gets hurt, understand? Thunderbolt and light, that sounds like something, doesn't it?
1: A, uh, a trailer for Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, which is the 1974 um, crime movie um, directed at, by and written by uh, Michael Cimino. Uh, it stars Clint Eastwood and Jeff Bridges, and we also get a little bit of Jeffrey Lewis and Gary Busey uh, in there as well. Um, film starts with um, Clint Eastwood uh, as a preacher. Um, it's pretty obvious that he's not a preacher, um, as someone's trying to shoot him. Um, he runs away and is nearly uh, hit by Jeff Bridges, he plays Lightfoot who is driving a car that we've just seen him steal Uh, the two kind of become friends um, of some sort um, and end up trying to rob a bank Uh, Ian, had you seen this before? No I, 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 I I had vague memories of it, but I think my vague memories were from seeing a lot of trailers for it rather than from actually seeing the film. Um, What did you think of Thunderbolt and Lightfoot?
0: Uh, I enjoyed Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Um, I do have issues with it, but I I did enjoy it. Um, It's interesting. I just saw Jeff Bridges was actually nominated for an Oscar for it, which um, is... It is interesting. Was that one of his first roles or something? Because it kind of feels like a, giving a nomination to a kind of a breakout kind of young It's just a very early
1: role. I think it was,
0: it was... Bloody hell. No, Fair Play made quite a few films beforehand. It, it, it,
1: there were quite a lot of those were kind of very small parts uh, because he was on set with his dad and things like that. Uh,
0: fair enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... Um yeah no Uh, so yeah he
1: had been nominated before though wasn't he he got nominated for last picture i think oh fair play so
0: it was was
1: his second nomination
0: okay i i mean i really really i i i really really liked the chemistry that bridges and eastwood had together i love the relationship they, they they build up through the course of the film i do think it's too long um yeah, which is something you can say about Chimino, I suppose, generally. Yeah, and uh,
1: then this one's under two hours as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, no, quite. Um, and I was a little bit put off whenever the focus kind of went to the other two members of the crime gang. It's it, like, it, I it wanted to them. see...
1: Sorry? We didn't need them at all, did it?
0: No, I, I wanted to see Thunderbolt and Lightfoot <laughs> together... Chatting away and like getting into getting into trouble, and like the last ten fifteen minutes when it is just them is great. And also especially because spoiler alert, you know, talking about the film because we basically as an audience know Jeff Bridges is going to die. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is that is
1: that that's not a spoiler.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean that that's I I just I really really liked that kind of ticking time bomb and you are you are kind of waiting on that and yet how Bridges character how Lightfoot is still keeping his shit together, you know, I I, I thought that was great. Um I mean the the, the chemistry that they had together is is by far and away for me the greatest success of the film. And I, I it's I mean skip skips the end, but I mean like definitely not shit. But I you know, I, I did have reservations with it over the course of the runtime.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll i thoroughly agree there. It, it is the the um, the chemistry between those two um, that that kind of does take the film across. Um, and when you compare this, you know, it was a few years later that he do uh, his next film, Deer Hunter. Um, there are you get shades of of, of and, and the fact that he is quite an altruistic um, director, and you know, he has very kind of like. He has a way and a, and a very sort of soft pace that he takes. He's not in a rush to do anything. And this is quite a... This is a 90-minute story uh, that he tells in close to two hours. Um, yeah. And he gets too bogged down in all the characters. And at points, it almost feels slapsticky at points.
0: Uh, that, that that one scene, with the ice cream truck scene, where they go the wrong direction and the kid's just like, you shouldn't be going down here. You yeah. should go down the other one. But it, it just... There are... Oh right, it's a humorous moment, but it's also entirely incidental and pointless.
1: Yeah, it, it does. There are points like that where it does feel a little bit like you're going, ah, really, in, in in this movie. Yeah. Um, but then you you know you also you know whenever you're with uh, Thunderbolt and, and Lightfoot you know as people, that's when this film jumps up, it, it elevates up. You know, you've got a great two really great performances. And, you know, really two very charismatic perform as well and there's almost a I don't know there's a you know you get this feeling from like but like he's been looking for a, a friend and uh, uh, for yeah. somebody who he not not that he likes but somebody that, that likes him and that will almost kind of tolerate him and he, he, he very much sees you know as, as as that and but you know his character sees something there there's a a fragility to life, buts character that, and he, he feels like a big brother kind of protective thing towards him. Like he's got a kind of look after him almost. Um, that he knows that he's not as smart as he you know possibly thinks he is, or anything like that. And he, you know, there's a moment where uh, Red says, "You know, the minute we've got this finished, I'm gonna kick his that kid's ass." Yeah, uh, and you get it straight away. You know, thought turns around and says, "You have to come through me first Yeah, and it, it, there's there's that that's there, and there's a, there's clearly a, a, an affection uh, and admiration from Lightfoot like, towards and what that kind of drives the film. But yeah, at points it does get itself kind of mixed up, and it, it feels like the driving force behind it is Eastwood and Bridges and not Chimino which is something you. You don't get in some of the films we're going to cover in the next sort of few weeks. So.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I I didn't really get a directorial voice in this at all, which is weird considering he did write and direct it. I mean, it does feel seventies in
1: its. It's it's incredibly seventies, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like good time, but then a kind of like a a, a quiet ending. You know, it it, uh, it it does it. Yeah, I mean, it certainly does feel like that, but it, it's it. Quite, yeah, I, I think you're right. It does feel more guided by Eastwood and like uh, the fact that it, it was Eastwood's... Because uh, it's a Malpaso company film. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like Eastwood must have had a hand in, in, in the production of it. Um, and, I mean, in, in terms of what Chimino brings to the plate, I mean, it just... I don't know. He gets good chemistry out of the actors. And, I mean, like, the two other Robert guys, uh, their the performances are perfectly decent. It, it's just... I didn't need them.
1: yeah. No, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I completely agree with that. That's they, they take you away from the bits that you're enjoying. Mm,
0: mm. But, oh yeah, because I mean that's the thing. Like the first half hour, forty minutes, where it's Thunderbolt and like for getting together and you know getting girls and all that kind of stuff. It's it, it is really really fun and it's it's really snappy. Uh, and like I say, the last fifteen minutes when they like they find the uh, they find the school and whatnot and um, that's. That, I mean, that's fantastic as well. And, I mean, like, elements of the of the uh, the kind of the raid that they do are great as well. The uh, Bridges getting dressed up as the, as the woman and all that stuff, and it's all for nothing. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, but there are... I think there was... That kind of end bit where they do find the schoolhouse is kind of tinted a little bit with, with with a bit of kind of sadness because you know at that point that, that Bridges' is going to die. And it, it, you kind of... You know, I, I you know, I, I'm not one of those people who says every film should have a happy ending, but you know, that film would have been, I think, I would have personally, I would have preferred it if he hadn't survived and that hadn't happened. It, it just felt a little bit like there was no need for him to die. They could have just gone off, fine, and you know, it, it just felt, it felt a little bit cynical almost to kill him off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's, I think that's fair, but I don't know, it it wouldn't have had that much of an emotional reaction at the end. Well, actually, no, I suppose it kind of would have, really, because, I mean, the fact that they actually succeed, despite the fact that it did look like it was all going to fuck up. I know. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. But I mean, I, I like the, I don't know, I like Clint Eastwood being sad.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he, he he's very Clint in this, isn't he? He, he? Oh, yeah. He's very, you know, he's very charismatic and he, he you know, but he's very kind of stoic as well. Um, it, it, it's a very Clint performance. Oh, it totally
0: is. It, yeah, no, it totally is. I mean, he, 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 like his... And I mean, I like his... I like how fun, quietly funny Clint can be.
1: Yeah, he, he I mean... He, this is before I think he he made the few comedies that he made um, yeah. in the in sort of like the seventies and you know, like you say he he does have those comedic chops within him he, he he can be very funny and very but not like in a goofy kind of funny way in a very kind of a way he looks and he, he sighs in a very funny way sure I yeah,
0: think I yeah, know it, yeah it's his reactions to things
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a... I mean, it's a... The thing is, it, it, it's quite a slight movie. It, it feels very much like a debut directing movie. Sure. Uh, and it's very slight in that way, but I'm going to go for a definitely not shit. I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'd go definitely not shit. I certainly didn't hate it. I had a good time watching it and a good time watching those characters. I just wish it was a bit more of those characters and a bit less of the other characters.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I mean, the next one...
1: Um... We're going to get to um, is going to be the Deer Hunter, um, oh dear me. which um, are yeah. yeah, you not a fan?
0: I, it, it's just it's quite the undertaking, isn't
1: it? It, it? it is because it is three hours long and it, it it it's a movie like we said about Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf for Wall Street is three hours long and feels like three hours long, but you're entertained throughout it. Um, Day Hunter is three hours long and it is you know it's been about it's been a few years since I watched it. Um, it is one of my favourite films of all time, is what I'll say. Um, awesome. But even I'll admit it, it's it's not something I watch every sort of couple of years because it's a tough fucking watch. Yeah, sure. It's a slog. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: but yeah, but we'll come to that uh, next week. Um, just a couple of questions uh, this week uh, that I'll I'll go through. Um, first one is if I actually get onto our Twitter feed, that would help. Uh, first one was was given to us uh, a few days ago, which is great, because, you know, you don't just have to give us questions when we ask. You can give them whenever, and we'll read them out in the, the next coming up show. It's from uh, Tom, which is at very cinematic on Twitter. Massington Orcesi, most underrated and most overrated films. I'll say The Aviator is underrated and The Departed is overrated. Um, Overrated and underrated. My underrated one, uh, I would say, is. See, I don't know. It's hard to judge. I don't. I don't think King of Comedy gets talked about enough. I was
0: just thinking King of Comedy, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think. I think it's
1: rated highly, but only in those who rate it.
0: Circles of those who rate it at all. Yeah, I think think King of
1: Comedy is, is, is. is a lot better than than it's than it's, it should be spoken about when you're talking about *Raging Bull*, *Taxidermy*, *Mean Streets*, *Goodfellas*, uh, and those type of movies. Uh, I also think *The Color of Money* is a lot better film um, than it's ever given credit for.
0: Yeah, no, 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 that's a damn, that's a damn fine film. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of what's overrated, and it just
1: overrated. I I, I don't think there is one.
0: I no. Don't think they're all no.
1: rated as, as, as good as they, they, they should be, really.
0: Um, I mean, I, I suppose the fact that The Departed won Best Director for Scorsese is a bit, it, really... It, it is,
1: but I think that that's a strange one, because it is because because of the, some of the films that, that he directed, and it, it often gets scoffed at. I think because it's not as good as Goodfellas, and because it's not as good as Taxi Driver or Main Street, but it's very much like... But, of films aren't as good as those movies. Yeah, quite. You know, these are seminal fucking movies and I think The Party is a lot better movie than those snippety people would ever give it credit for. It is a great fucking movie. Uh, I don't think there is an overrated one. at all. But then again, I'll admit to being biased, but
0: no, neither do I. I mean, like, I can't say I really massively rate after-hours, but then nobody really talks about after-hours, so...
1: Uh, um, uh, other question. Uh, Ian, I think this one might be slightly tinged towards you. Oh, yeah? Uh, Glenn Chapman, uh, Glenn T. Chapman on Twitter. Um, which movie character would you like to take over at Manchester United?
0: Oh, God. Um... What's that? Oh yeah, Alex Ferguson in the Man United documentary, Class of '92.
1: <laughs> I've not seen that. I'm really looking forward to that. I've not watched it yet. I'm really, have really I. looking forward
0: to it. Yeah, I do want to see that myself. Um, yeah, I suppose you'd probably say Mike Bassett, England manager, wouldn't you? Me? Who would I say? Um, no, uh, I'd say. Ah
1: oh, fuck! What's his name? Bear, I'll, I'll let you do yours while I remember what the guy's called. Uh, no,
0: mine was alex ferguson in the class of 92
1: <laughs> that's that's cheating um i I'll, I'll give you mine once it looks like i can't remember his character's name and i'm gonna kick myself once i get to it know, Fuck, it was actually the name i thought uh that louis tully oh god <laughs> that's that's the <who> i have. <laughs> which of course is rick moranis's character from the ghostbusters movies. uh we do actually have another question as well that i, I missed um from the Ginger Prince uh, at TGP73, who should be hosting this year's Oscars. Who
0: should be hosting this year's Oscars? Who is hosting it? It's, is it? Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, fuck off. It's not, is it? Yeah.
1: Ah, oh, I know she's considered to be a treasure and she's won a nice lot. I just find her a, to be a bit of a nerd. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman. I thought it was great when he hosted it. Yeah, that'd be fine. You know, that, that's who, I, who
0: I'd go for. Would be James Franco as Alien.
1: J- uh, James Franco and um... and Halfway. No, um, James Franco and oh fuck, my brain is melted. Um...
0: His mate, shit. His mate. <laughs> <Fred Rock. laughs> oh bloody hell! <laughs> my brain won't get the fucking name
1: out. I that one of those things, again, my brain was playing tricks on me, because so I'm, I'm going, my brain's there going, Jonah Hill. I think the other part of my brain's going, it's not fucking Jonah Hill. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think the other part's going, Jonah Hill. And so my brain's having an argument instead of trying to think of Seth Rogen's name. <laughs> Seth Rogen and James Franco, I think, could, could, could host a pretty blind Oscars, but it'd be one of those ones where no they would never host it again, never yeah, get nominated yeah, yeah. for an award, and never be allowed to make another movie after it. Because you get the idea they'd just get bit and then go out there. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, right at that that's episode fifty, isn't it? Yeah. Very
0: nice.
1: Um Hope you enjoyed it guys. Uh feedback, questions or anything throughout <laughs> the week? Um and yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, it's fucking great. And inside Lewin Davis next week. Yes, yes, yeah, we'll it. We'll, uh, cool, right. Over and out. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye.